Welcome in to the Daily Tap uh, for Tuesday. It is April the 18th. We have a very special edition of the Daily Tap. We're talking to the Tapping the Keg Madness winner, uh, Mike, who wanted to cash in his prize to talk on the podcast, which is great. Um, It's funny. I have a lot of people who do the pod and it's people I know. And so Mike and I know each other through Twitter. We'll, we'll ask, talk about that a little bit, but we haven't, I mean, we've never actually met in person. So doing this over zoom is very interesting. It's very different, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm excited for the conversation. I think we have a good thing. We're going to talk a little bit about Marquette. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bucks. We're going to talk a little bit about the Brewers and anything else that Mike has questions for me about. Uh, and we'll get into all of that here today. I'm excited to do that. Make sure that you are following along on social media. If you're Mike's friends, Mike shares this out with you, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports, Instagram or TikTok, also on Facebook at the same handle. Uh, and if you like it so much, you check out some of our other stuff. Uh, we are on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast. So tapping the keg sports. So let's waste no more time. Mike, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Charlie. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, very excited. And the first question is maybe a little bit narcissistic here, but just tell people how you found us and how what led you to it and what led you to stay around and you know enter in the enter into the bracket pool. So uh yeah, I think it was after a Marquette game. I think it was one of the the Baylor game this past year. Um, I'm not a huge social media guy. I don't have Facebook, but I do have Twitter. So after the game, we were out and I was just searching, you know, Twitter feed for like keywords, Marquette, whatever. And you popped up there. (laughs) You popped up there and (laughs) I loved your breakdown. I looked at some other breakdowns and you talk. I'm like, hey, kind of talks like me. Got a little language in them. You know, (laughs) it makes things kind of funny. So that's that's how I kind of find you guys. Yeah, no, that's great. And we really appreciate it. And we appreciate all the support. And yeah, it's been great. And you basically won the bracket because you leaned in hard with the Big East. And I think your final four had UConn, Xavier, and Marquette, and then Alabama and UConn. And no one else really got on the UConn bandwagon, which in retrospect, as a Big Ten, Big East fan, I I regret that. Um, I regret not seeing that. I regret I think it was probably because I liked Kansas a lot. I liked UCLA a lot. And so I just was kind of blinded by that, which in retrospect, pretty much regret. But you were at the Big East tournament. Uh, you sent us some pictures um, when you were there. I think I said, hey, keep your low heart. It'd be a low heart rate game for the St. John's game, which was probably one of the worst takes in, in 2023. Uh, but was like seeing UConn live in March, like what led you to say, all right, this team, this team could potentially get to a final four and potentially even the final game. So I would actually go all the way back to the non-conference because okay. UConn, UConn started like 13-0 or 14-0. They were undefeated mm-hmm. in non-conference, right? Yep. So, and then seeing them, I went to the Marquette game, you know, when UConn came um, and was I couldn't believe Marquette beat them. That's kind of when I knew Marquette had something like Baylor. I didn't know, but, um, and then, yeah, seeing him in person in the, in the Big East tournament, like, I mean, they just got shooters. They 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 got got they got dudes, right? Like mm-hmm. they got Klingon, who I can't stand that dude, but like yeah, it sucks I mean, he's back. Yeah, it sucks. And, and Sonogo's leaving, so he'll be yeah. starting. Yeah, right. Exactly. But he's got backing him up like a seven footer can shoot the three too. But that's besides the point. But yeah, I I had been on him earlier in the year, so I think earlier in the year was like, all right, okay, they go undefeated. 
then they have like a little problem in the big in the middle of the season mm-hmm. in the Big East, right? right? But then I realized like, oh crap, I think the Big East is actually underrated. You know, everyone's talking Big Twelve, you know, um, AC or SEC, and I was like, you know, Big East is, uh, you know, underrated in my opinion, and on top of it. Normally, I dive into the bracket and I look for like hours, right? Like some people, sure. a lot of people probably do. Yeah. This, this year, I just was like, you know, something. It was like, like I didn't have time. Work is kicking my ass, so I'm just like, you know, something. We're gonna go Big East heavy and see what happens. It worked out for me. Um, but yours wasn't the only one I won. I won like like 16 other brackets. So wow, holy <laughs> shit! That that's a nice little ROI. Uh, that's that's what you don't tell tax man about. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, yeah. that's that's great. Um, I I think you're right, and I think the Big East was underrated. It really was the cherry on top to everything with all that was happening. You know, with Patino and the Cooley stuff, and now it, it it's known that the Big East is going to be a premier conference again. And, you know, I think Rothstein today, as you know, more guys are coming into the big East, uh, the guy from Utah state Ashworth going to Creighton. And there was a kid from Xavier or that Xavier just got from uh, rice. Like he's like, Oh yeah. It was a Bane and Batman image. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. And mm-hmm. I do wonder kind of to your point about big 12, which I totally agreed with that. Like it's you worry next year almost about it because they're gonna beat each other up. It's mm-hmm. at the end of it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard to see. Maybe there might be an overrating now of the Big East that'll yeah. be kind of forgotten after like not realizing these guys are gonna be at war almost every night out. Yeah, isn't Houston joining the Big Twelve next year? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Houston will be there. BYU will be there. Uh, UCF. I think there's a fourth team. Cincinnati. Yeah. Ooh. Which. If you think about Cincinnati, like years ago, as Marquette fans, like we hated Cincinnati. We, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like the first one of the first teams like I really hated. Like I'm about thirty, almost thirty five here, so like that was like one of my first like sports hates. And like I remember McSeal hitting Cordell Henry in the balls, like didn't get called. Like if it was today's era, he would have got kicked out of the game. He's probably suspended. But yeah, such a fall from grace with what Cincinnati is now, like Cincinnati is they're okay, but they're nowhere near what they were with Huggins, even McCronin. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really kind of sad in a weird way, even though they were a team you you never really cheered for. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, but uh, Big East tournament in person, is that, was that the first time you went? Is that something that you've done regularly? Like, what was that experience like? Cause everyone talks about how great it is. I think, us in the Midwest, we don't get the luxury of saying, all right, yeah, we're done with work on Thursday. Let's catch the train and get up for the games or something like that, or just walk over and go. We don't have that luxury uh, in the Midwest. So what, what is that like? It was the probably my best basketball experience I've had in person. Wow. And I've seen a national championship game in Indianapolis, one of the years that Florida won when I was in college. Okay, yeah. So, like, it was the best basketball experience I've had in person. I've been to a bunch of Bucks playoff games. Um, you know, like, I ended up jumping, like, I went to Marquette, graduated from Marquette. But then this year, um, me and my wife decided we're going to buy season tickets. So I got to buy the Big East tickets through my season ticket holder at Marquette. Nice. Um, kind of like, hey, we're just, you know, give us something to do in the winter. And yeah. it ends up being, like, a dream season, right? And uh, get in there, I mean, like, the experience, the people are awesome from all the teams, except UConn. 
I like UConn. I'm glad they won the championship, but those fans were just obnoxious. And I get it, right? They're a hour, hour, hour and a half train ride away from New York. Um, yeah. The best game was obviously when Marquette beat UConn because we were in a sea of UConn fans, and there were some Creighton fans next to us, and we were all cheering for Marquette. <laughs> um, and when they won, I just ye- yelled out primal scream, and everyone around <laughs> us was like, I've been quiet the entire game. And like people are, you know, one guy threw a beer at me and, you know, whatever. It was all good. Yeah. And it was your scream was kind of like muscle, the muscleman gift, like yelling in the, in the locker room. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, luckily I was with one of my buddies who was a a long stamper for university of Georgia back in the day. Who's not a small dude. (laughs) So like, and I'm not, I'm not a small dude. I'm like six foot, but like he's like six, five and put together and uh, still in his fighting prime. He's still in his late twenties. So like they weren't going to touch us, but other than that, like it was a great, ex- it was just a ridiculously awesome experience. I think it's something that, you know, we planned ahead. I told my wife, I'm like, we're going to try to make this like a yearly thing. My, uh, my, I'm a twin and my twin brother lives in Connecticut. So um, we can make that work every year. Cause nice. he'll come down on the train and everything. Yeah. So it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And now that makes me, it gets my wheels turning where it's like, okay, yeah, get this into the like, little bit of the sports bucket list potentials mm-hmm. you know obviously new york's not the uh cheapest place to uh spend a, spend a few days especially yeah. if your team goes far and it's like all right now we're now we're looking for tickets now we're we're this and i'm sure they build it in with the season tickets and everything like that but no that's awesome uh well, the, i am oh go ahead no the thing is if when uconn lost that championship game was under like 70 bucks for lower level Okay. So if UConn would have won, the tickets would have been a thousand bucks pop, right? Yeah. So you could buy them however you wanted to, but yeah, working them into the season tickets um, was uh, we got to go all the games and we, you know, I think we we sold the Wednesday games. I didn't want to see St. John's Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Who, who really does though? I mean, that's like, yeah, that Wednesday for any of those tournaments, that's the only big thing. The only problem with those tournaments with how big they are now is there are some real stinkers for those first couple where it's like, couldn't you just do them? And I, they won't because they, they're, they make money, but couldn't you just do them on campus? Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you, why couldn't you just do St. John's Georgetown at, you know, Karnasaka, right? Why couldn't you just do it there? Um, but I know they will never do that um, because that's, you know, money makes the world go around. We got, mm-hmm. we got to pay those sponsors. So, Going on to next season, you know, Marquette obviously has a bunch of expectations. You know, Goodman had him as a top team. Uh, I think he had him. No, I know it's just crazy. Yeah, Goodman. Goodman is. Uh, I mean, no one, no one has uh, protected Ed Cooley much, much like Jeff Goodman. Uh, after that Providence game was a masterclass in how the media can protect some coaches. But, anyways, they Marquette has been a top team for everybody. There's a lot of expectations heading in. I think when we you know, preview Marquette here on this podcast, we're going to, it's going to be a lot. Like we're going to have to like, are you running from those expectations? Or are you like leaning in like, hell yeah, I'm excited for this. And I'm excited for, you know, the season ahead. So I'm kind of in the middle, I think, because I'm still scarred from the housers. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's totally fair. Look, there've been not to cut you, not to interrupt, but there've been so many moments as a Wisconsin sports fan where you have those big expectations and they usually don't what don't do well. We're see, and I don't know, and maybe all cities are like this, but it feels like anytime there are the expectations, it never never lives up. I mean, we're we neither of us cheer for Badger basketball, but Badger basketball had the same thing happen to them where mm-hmm. they had all these expectations and they did not live up to it, and they're 
better lying in the weeds. So I do think with a lot of guys coming back, they're going to at least have some of that helpful. But I'll, I'll let you continue with your answer about sort of where why you're in the middle. I'm in the middle because, you know, Omax declared, who knows if he's going to come back, right? I mean, depends who you talk to. Some people have him, what, like 40s, 50s on their draft board, probably not much right. better than that. But, like, I hate to say it, but it's almost like another Justin Lewis situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he comes back, I think Marquette, yes, I'm all in. If he leaves, okay, cool. I still think we could be a really good team. But, you know, I'm scared that something might happen between now and April when they have to declare um, or even go in the transfer portal. Right. Like I was reading today that um, Keenan, right. Keenan, he, he got what BYU offer, but it's not a scholarship offer. He has to, it's a walk on offer, but the NIL money will be enough to pay for his college. So we're like in like this unprecedented time in college where you don't have to have a scholarship, but you could get paid to play basketball. Yeah, it, it's, it's not. Um, it's right? unbelievable. It's wild. It's the wild, wild west. I don't know yeah. if it'll ever really get there. Yeah, I agree that Omax is a vitally important. I do think Justin Lewis stayed because of a lot of the family stuff that he was kind of going through, and so I don't know if the the, the Prosper family has the same stuff. You don't. They don't really talk too much about it. I don't think they do. Um, and so is it like, do you want to take that risk? Like more power to you if you do. But do you want if you you're not going to get a guaranteed deal, which is what the first rounders get, the second rounders don't. Is that enough to bring you back? I, I'm encouraged by the fact that there is no, there's seemingly no poaching that has went on yet with Marquette. There's a lot of that crate. There's a lot of that Creighton rumors with Nebhart and and Kaluma potentially both going to Arizona. Um, and we'll see if that actually does in fact happen. But it's it's at least right now it's staying level. It's not necessarily at a at a point where it's gotten dirty, at least on Marquette's side of the table so far. Yeah, if we get past, what, this time next month or whatever, the end of next month for the NBA draft and all that, and Marquette just loses Omax, I'm all in. But until that point, because we've been – Marquette fans have been hurt so many times, Vanderbilt, yep. like right. then – right, until then, then – We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so one of the interesting things about Marquette fans is they don't always cheer for Wisconsin football. I'm an anomaly. Um, I will admit I am. I And some people do not like that about me. I don't really cheer that hard for them. I will say that I don't live and die with it. I'll still do the reviews. It's hard for me to like miss out on that content and I'm okay with it and can separate church and state. But I know, and now that you're saying you're Marquette grad, I would assume you do not root for Wisconsin. And do you care when they lose? And do you root actively against them? Or is it just one of those, hey, I'm not not going to cheer for the Badgers? So I have a lot of friends that graduated from Madison, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it depends if I cheer for Madison or not. For example, Paul Chris, University of Miami, with that yeah. bowl game, yeah. when he, you know, whispered, yeah, fuck, uh, yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck your turnover chain yeah, or whatever. Fuck your turnover chain, yeah. yeah, I was all in for Wisconsin when he did that, right? Um, Ohio State beats him. I dated a chick from Ohio State way back when. Go Ohio State, baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, I, I'll cheer. I'll, you know, I'll go to the games. I enjoy it, right? I'll, I'll still yep. watch the games. Sure. Um, most of the time, I'm cheering against them, them for them. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I went to Marquette, like I'll never forget this. My first three classes, freshman year, I walked into one, the first class and the professor goes, don't ever wear red in my class. 
the set like late like later that week i walked into a different class um at marquette we're better in wisconsin and we know it um and then i walked into it like the last class is theology class and i forget he's like we don't speak about the school out west right <laughs> so like i was kind of like indoctrinated way back you know this is early 2000 like 2000 sure. right yeah, yeah. So I, was, I was indoctrinated right so I rarely cheer for Wisconsin. We'll just leave it at that. I'm not yeah. not like I'll watch your games and I'll go to the games, but I'm probably not cheering for them. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair, and I I totally understand that, and I think that's the part that is harder for you know people. I think a lot of the Marquette fandom, which I love about it, it's they've they've went there and they have a relationship with the school that is a little bit bigger. And I think sometimes Badger fans lose sight of that because most of them don't go to Wisconsin and it's the mm-hmm. state school. And I I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I grew up in Southeastern Wisconsin. My dad went to Marquette and that's how I was a Marquette fan growing up. Mm-hmm. I still was a Marquette fan. I went to school, played football in Eau Claire for a couple of years um, and then stayed at school. But what I realized when I would like shit talk about Marquette, Wisconsin, which was a big thing in high school, it wasn't a thing in college because everyone kind of looked at me weird. They're like, we cheer for both teams. And like, if they play each other, yeah, we, we like Wisconsin, but you didn't really meet this. Like there wasn't that animosity anymore. So like for five years of my life, I didn't really have this, like it, the rivalry kind of died for me for a little bit. Now I feel like it's gotten back. I, I I'm really happy the Housers didn't go to Wisconsin, but I feel like had they gone to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. it would have like really amplified the rivalry and turned it back up. They haven't really competed for recruits in a long time, mm-hmm. um, and they it's just styles of basketball. It's different, you know, different guys they're approaching, but it's it it's still a rivalry. It still matters, but I I totally can see where you're coming from. My wife feels the same way. She's a Marquette grad, so like there is. There is definitely like there where she, yeah, she won't. But also the other part of it too for me is it's the football. I I played football, so I you wanted to go to Wisconsin. Like if you're lying to yourself, you didn't want to go to Wisconsin and play football. And that's just it's just part of you know playing high school ball here. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Like you know, like I don't like the Marquette Wisconsin rod basketball rivalry is great, yeah. but like for me, it's not an end all be all. You know, I hate when Wisconsin fans call us little brother, I and I'm that. just like. I'm like, you know, I don't really care. I care more about the Big East in general, right? And, like, I try to explain to, like, my Wisconsin fans, I'm like, you guys won't cheer for any team in the Big Ten besides Wisconsin. I said the Big East will cheer for each other just because it's a basketball conference, not a football conference. And we don't have ungodly amounts of money like the big conference that the Power Five has, sure. right? Yeah. So it's it's a completely different feeling. Like, yeah, I want to beat Wisconsin, but it's not the end of the world for me if we don't, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I hear you. And I think it is there. It's like you'd have to deal with a one day of shit talking. You have yeah. to deal with maybe maybe even an extra day. But it's it usually sort of, you know, di- you know, goes down and can at least keep civ- keep a civility about it. I think it, when younger, it was a little different. But yeah, for sure. Let's this is like a hybrid Marquette uh, Bucks thing is. And, you know, Jimmy Butler, has your opinion changed on Jimmy Butler after all the battles with the Bucs? Is it, is it still JFB? Is it still, you know, the memories of Marquette kind of outweigh him as a NBA player and, and the rivalry that he's had with the Bucs? Dude, I love Jimmy Buckets. Always will. <laughs> All, always will. It was back Chicago days, Miami. Like, yeah, yeah, he had a great game yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll, always, I'll always love him. He's like, 
you know, he could score, he can shoot, he can he can do anything he wants on the basketball court, really, right? If he if he if, if he's in it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I have no hate for him. Um obviously I want the Bucks to win. Sure. Um he could have a couple off games or I'd be okay with it. But I've love for him. Yeah, I it's I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like it's during the during the series, I don't really like him. I don't really I understand it's Jimmy and everything like that, but it's in, it was the same with Jay Crowder before he joined the Bucks, where it was like, I, I like Jay. I will root for Jay. I just won't root for him for these two weeks. Um, this one would be a lot tougher to swallow because it's not, they're not even there. You know, the Bucks, even if Giannis doesn't play, they still should beat this team. They should still take care of business. And this should be a team that they, that they win against. This is an average basketball team. And so, and that's kind of how I'm going into it, how I'm thinking about it. now reports were today that it is optimistic to play. And hopefully that's the case. I, I personally, with a, a lower back thing, I almost wonder, could you get away with one game without him and then wait till Saturday when you're in Miami? I don't want to be down 2-0, but at the same time, I still think even if the Bucs were down 2-0, they could, they could win. So yeah, Butler, it's all love. I think all those guys, it, it feels the same way. I think if I had to rank like the one Marquette, guy I wouldn't want to see succeed might be Doc Rivers just because I don't like him beat and harden and it's like and Philly fans like that's that one's tough like Doc when Doc was on the Clippers I'd be like all right yeah Doc, oh, you know but it's that's a little harder when uh when you're you're dealing with it and that was the same with like Wade and LeBron where it's like I like D Wade without LeBron D Wade with LeBron it was a little more like I ah, don't you know that's the villain you don't want to see them win yeah very true so speaking of the Bucks, they obviously lost on on Sunday, and you know, do you where's your panic level? I know I talked about it on a podcast yesterday about it. I'm not really that worried. Where would you put it on like a one to ten? Uh, one being the least worried, I'm a yeah. one. Okay, like I'm I'm with you. Like if you look at it, like I some I get I dive in a little bit of stats, like the shot quality stats. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was the Bucks had. Should have made 17 more points, and the Heat should have had 18 less points. They shot 60% from three, 59% from two. Like, yeah. how often are they? I mean, you even if they shoot 40%, it's a ball game. Bucks could win it, right? How yeah. often is a team going to go off on that? I guess my only concern is, I mean, their defense. Like, if they're one of the best, like, number two or number one defensive team in the league, depending on what Mets stat you're looking at. Yeah. So it's like... If they play defense without Giannis, they should win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, do I think Giannis will play? Yeah, I think he's going to gut it out. Um, just because, like you said, if they go down 2-0, we, there will be people pressing the panic button. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not worried at all. Like those guys, you know, like – and plus Tyler Hero is out now, right? Yes. Probably right. for series, I'm guessing. Broken oh, yeah, four, to, four yeah. to six weeks. Yeah, okay. he's, yeah. he's going to be done. You know, if the Heat were to advance, even then he wouldn't make the next series. It'll be – It'll be too serious for him. And yeah, I I feel I feel the same way. Um, I think you summed it up well. I they just have to lock in defensively. They treated it like a regular season game. I don't know if that was the right way to do it. I guess I can see it in the sense that you lose your best player. They don't want to probably show a ton, even if like they know that they have ways to beat the Heat without without Giannis. They want to say, All right, we're not gonna give you anything. We now, I don't even think they waved the white flag because they were really close in that game to, you know, flipping it over. It was just one of those things where it was one bucket. It was that like the Javon Carter pull up three with up. Was it we were down nine and he pulls up 
And I, I hear, I know he's been making a shot, but you have Middleton streaking mm-hmm. to the basket on a two-on-one. Just take the bucket, and then you're up seven or down seven. The crowd's going nuts. Like get, get it going. So, yeah, I, I think while Wednesday will be big, I, I still expect the Bucks to respond, and that's usually, that's usually what you see in these series. I actually didn't. I was gonna have the game, the Philly game on. They were losing at halftime, so. We'll see if they. Yeah, we'll see if they. Uh, they still like, but that's just basketball, right? Like that, the parity of the NBA is not one right now to expect it to just sort of be this way. But yeah, Miami is not a good basketball team, and 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 I think it'll be interesting to also see how it's officiated with all the conversation about the charge stuff. I did a big TikTok Instagram about banning it. There were a lot of unhappy people who were calling me soft, which is fine. I. I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's a basketball play. I'm sorry. Like help side charge is it's not, it's, it's become more dangerous with how athletic these guys have got. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, to kind of close this topic, like I think, I don't think Duncan Robinson's could be draining threes all series. No, right. No. Like, honestly, like that was a joke when I saw that go, I was like, yeah, just not their day. Yeah. No, that when that, that was the <laughs> one of the few ones where I was like, yep, nope, it's not happening here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was definitely a tough one to swallow, but you move on, and now it's now you move on to Wednesday, and thankfully the league pushes it out a little bit. I think mm-hmm. if it was Tuesday, the Bucks would be a little bit of trouble, but I, I like that. Uh, let's move on to the Brewers. Uh, one of the other things you had noted, uh, so Brewers ownership has been discussed a lot. I think in the internet circles over the the winter and now into the season, like. Do you want Mark Ananasio to sell? Do you think things are fine? Like, where do you kind of sit with that, you know, in terms of Brewer fandom? I mean, you're on Twitter like me. You see the Mark Ananasio keep-ass yeah, yeah, meme, yeah. like, get, all the yeah, time. Yeah, Every yeah. thread, right? Yeah, it has to. It, you, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like if you, we did it in the Tapping the Cat Casino, that would, the odds on that showing up is, like, minus 300. Like, it always <laughs> has to appear. Yeah. I Honestly, like, I think if he sells it, the Brewers will be gone, yeah. right? I mean, as it is now, what the Brewers only have a lease until 2030. Yes. Um. So, like, I know, like, the, you know, at the state level, they're trying to give him some money to fix the fix the park and all that stuff. But I don't think people understand. Like, look at the like Pittsburgh Pirates, right? I mean, like, look at some of these lower teams or small market teams, right? Mm-hmm. And look at what their owners are like and what they're doing, and compare it to Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee for what the last four or five years, besides last year, playoff team, you know, like, you know, we may not be the best team, but like for the money that we have, the resources we put into it. Yeah. You could talk about Stearns, all that stuff. I get it. But like for what Milwaukee has, I think people just need to appreciate it because if Antioza wants to sell one, he's going to, he's going to get a massive return just based upon oh, all yeah. the sales that have happened. And then that next owner is going to go to Salt Lake city, Nashville. He's going to do a backroom deal where he gets a brand new billion dollar stadium. Um, and you know, the, you know, Miller park, I know American family, Miller yeah. Park. Yeah. Um, right. It's tw- over 20 years old now. Right. And eventually like, you know, 2030 comes if no deal gets done. Like, I'm. I'd be a little worried if they are. They would leave, right? I mean, yeah, you got. Could. You know, the media markets. Like, I don't think you know a lot of people don't understand the media market stuff too, and how the revenue sharing works. You know, like in New York, or I know Milwaukee will never be compared to New York, but places like look at 
look at Tampa, for example, right? Like the, their media deal, right? I know they have a shitty team, but they got a brand new stadium. They filled it up for the World Baseball Classic without a problem, right? So, I mean, I think the Brewers do well with what they have. Yes, I would love to spend more money, be more competitive. But if they sell the team, they're gone. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I feel like that is the, like, there are cities that want baseball and know that even though baseball might not rate well nationally, locally, it always does well. And you're spot on to bring up the Pirates. I mean, there's literally a story today that the Pirates ticket ushers, uh, concession workers are all going on strike starting Thursday. Like, you're not seeing that with the Brewers. The Brewers are taking care of those people, you know, and they're doing things, I think, to help bring more in. Like, more than all, did two nights at, at AmFam last week. That's going to bring mm-hmm. the Brewers a lot of money. They're doing other, I think, Pink's there later this year. I think they might even have one more concert. Like, keep doing that type of stuff to increase and make more money for the team itself. I, I, I understand the frustration, but also have to look at it too and like understand the future is bright and they're in this weird transition. You could almost make the comparison. It's not apples to apples, but it's a little bit like where the Packers are right now, where it's like, you're going to have maybe a couple lean years. And I don't even know if it's going to be a lean year with the Brewers, but it's going to get to that point where it, it's sort of like, it all works itself out. And all you say, you have this collection of young talent. You're like, holy shit. Like, it's awesome to watch it. I also think the Bucks spoil a lot of things, and it's much easier to go on the luxury tax. Now CBA is changing, but it's a lot easier to do that with a cap. There's no cap, and I've been telling people it's more like EPL than you ever can imagine. It's a lot like club soccer, where it's going to be the haves and the have-nots. I wish it wasn't like that, but when Cleveland is the last team to get to a World Series in a small market, and that was now seven years ago, um, you have a problem. And I, I, I maybe baseball will be okay with it, or maybe at some point they'll be like, we're going to deal with like a missed year of season because we need a salary cap. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be super interesting to see if that ever plays out like that. Cause I, you know, like NFL revenue share and across the board, sure. evenly split, right? Like I, and you, you know, there's what, probably at least 10, 15 owners that will never, ever want that. Nope. Yeah, no, they will. Yeah. They'll never go for it. It'll never it's a, it's a really the, – the cat's out of the bag. I don't know if you can bring that cat into it. Like the NHL took a year, right, when they locked out and they, you know, wanted their hard cap. They needed a year before they were like, all right, we're, we're doing – and then so would you really sacrifice that? I don't know. I think there's probably too much public pressure with how everybody's online. They're not going to allow that to happen. But it's like how do you get to that point to at least – and maybe it's maybe because of the lack of regional TV networks. I, I just saw something the other day. I didn't read into it about the MLB potentially, you know, taking in all 30 teams and then not needing that. So would that then be your revenue share and everybody gets a piece? And does that change things? That would be super because all the RSNs are, you know, Bailey's yeah. dying. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, you have your, what, SNY or whatever for the New York team yep. and Yes yep. Network for, you know, Yankee. Uh, RT Yankee. for the Cubs, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that'll be, I mean, as a small market team, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, get it. Get, get it. Get, get a it good done, team. Yeah, get it done. Make it happen. Because, yeah, that, yeah, I don't know how you would you make it fair for each side until it's either all in or all out. And even if, like, you keep SNY, you keep Marquee, 
And, but does then the MLB oversee it and take it over? But then, you know, we'll, I don't know. That's a very complicated question. That's, that's not for a podcast like this. That's, yeah, we could talk about that for a long time. (laughs) That's for me. That's for me by myself and getting into the numbers or for, uh, for another time. But, anyways, with the Brewers, I mean, they're about to, first pitch is about to start. We're taping this Monday night. Uh, do you think that they're going to sustain this or is this just a hot start and, and we'll, uh, we'll see where it comes, goes, I should say. Man, I I would love for them to stay in it, but sustain it. But I feel like the same thing is going to happen. The, around the All Star break, they're going to shit the bed, and either that or we're going to tra- trade Woodruff for something, right? Like Brandon's got to go. Like I I I just feel like that's how you ha- how they have to stay kind of stay competitive because they can't let Brandon walk, right? Yeah. They have to get something for him. You know, like Hater last year that destroyed the clubhouse, right? Like yeah. the, like destroyed it. I, I want to be optimistic, but I have a tough time just based on the Brewers' history. Um, I know they've gotten the playoffs, like I said, and you know they lost the Braves that one year in the first first series, and mm-hmm. Braves ended up winning the the championship that year. But like, I just I know young guys. I think you know the dog days of summer are eventually going to catch up with them. Yeah, no, I I mean you already see it with Weimer, right? He's struggling a little bit, um, and yeah, I think it's one of those things you just keep you keep hoping that it, it continues and maybe you build enough of a cushion where if a losing streak happens, you're able to sustain it. I will say, I think Craig council is more in on this season. Now the speculation is he might retire. He might say I, he has two, he has two college kids. I think one's playing at Notre Dame, one's playing at Minnesota and that he might want to be able to watch his kids play college baseball. And that, They've mentioned, like, I think there's Tyler Kepner of the New York Times wrote an article about how he seems more into it and more about it. And they've thought about this. And, you know, he snapped at McAlvey about something the other day after they had lost. And then he was real fired up at the end of the game yesterday because they, the bar had, had on one of the TVs. So I don't know. Maybe there is some of that where council is managing a little bit harder and maybe a little less laid back. And maybe that keeps, keeps it up. But yeah, they have a, they have a lot of decisions, you know, and seeing all these guys, these guys get paid. It's like, could you just do a Woodruff feel even with the injuries and say, you know, Lopez just got four years, 73. I think Logan Webb got five ninety. Like that's, those are good deals. Like I would take that for Brand. And I don't know, maybe Brandon Woodruff is more, worth more. I know Corbin Burns is worth more. I know Corbin Burns, you're probably not doing. I don't think they would do a trade like they did with, with Hader again, though. I don't think that'll happen. I, even if, with everything else, it, as long as they're in it, I don't think that'll happen because I think they realize they can't treat their players like robots anymore. I think that yeah. was a David Stearns thing. I don't know if that's a Matt Arnold thing. I, I don't – I just – end a year maybe. I'm going to be optimistic about that. But I, I can understand where you're coming from because I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. You can be the optimistic, optimistic one in this one. I'll be a little bit more pessimistic. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. I mean, that's Mitch and I's whole relationship. That's how we do it. Like, yeah. we're at the bar last night watching the Bucks game, and I was still, like, hyping it up. Mitch is screaming first quarter. Like, I'm like, you know, it's all right, man. It's just we're at, we're also at a new bar where none of, none of us really – we both live out in this Brookfield area, so it's like it's first time, like – we gotta we gotta ease ourselves into these this, this new this new clientele. But anyways, all right. So I've asked you a lot of questions. I peppered you. I told you I would. And I appreciate you answering all of them. Do you have anything for me? Like you can ask me pretty much anything. I uh, there are a few things maybe I would answer, but anything that that you want my opinion on, takes wise, podcast wise, anything. I'm an open book. I'm happy happy to answer and uh, g- give you the floor. So I want to 
the first question I wanted to ask you is what do you, what do you think about the new baseball rules? The pitch clock, the bases, throw it over. I I like them actually. I I enjoy it. Um, it's it's fun. It it makes it a little more sped up. Um, I was at the what did I go to? I went to the Mets game, the second Mets game of the year the Brewers played, and it was a really nice experience. I will say. I sometimes forget that it goes that quick. Like all of a sudden I'll be like doing the dishes in the kitchen and I look up and it's like the sixth inning. And I'm like, how did get here? So that part is a little bit tough, but most of the time I'm okay with it. I do think if I'm at a game where it goes like an hour and 57 minutes and I've only had two beers, I'm going to be a little bit like, ah, I don't know. This is, it's not what I, what I signed up for. Yeah. I, I saw like, I'm like mixed in between them. I hate the pitch clock. I hate the thrown over to the, you know, twice or whatever, and the third time they get a base. Um, the shift I'm good with, the bigger base I'm good with. Um, but I also pitched in in high school and, and played club bar, club ball for a year or so in college. So I I, I, I understand taking a little bit of time on it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah, I probably would feel the same way. For yeah. Sure. So I guess my last question for you is NIL. Mm-hmm. How... How do you think Marquette is going to stay competitive in that arena? Or do you think or do you think Shaka's whole relationship thing is what is keeping the team together? I mean, they have to they have to do something. There's a lot of there's a lot of money at Marquette, right? Marquette is not it's it's not as big as Wisconsin, it's not as big as some of the other public schools, but there's a lot of money there. And I think if the Badgers end up having a really good football year. I think that's going to put a ton of pressure on Greg Gard, but it's also going to put a ton of pressure on the basketball team, you know, getting big recruits in and doing it through NIL ways as, as what we've seen with Luke Fickle. And I, I just, I think to bring it back to Marquette, it's like you have to make sure that you're staying competitive in your own backyard. And and if you're seeing Xavier, which I think Xavier is doing a lot of it, I obviously Providence, you know, made sure some of those guys stayed. Georgetown obviously stepped up. So it's like making sure that you're staying level is really important. And, you know, not being afraid to reach out. I think some of the things that Marquette does is they just, they kind of assume their fan base a little bit. And, and I wouldn't even go as far as say take for granted. I think that's a little harsh, but you just, the way they market the team a little bit. And I feel like they could just be doing a lot more to, you know, that fan outreach and doing, doing more. And I think if you do more fan outreach, I think that leads to more NIL. It's like, why, why aren't, you know, why aren't you paying these guys? Why aren't you doing this? And I think there could be there's, and there also too, is like a lot of talented people that could support like fact that only one guy had a bar deal around the, around the area of the stadium where there's what 15 bars, 16 bars. Like how, how is that possible? And that was back to back years. So it's like one year you got Justin Lewis the next year, you get Cole look at who's on third, but I don't know, maybe Uncle Bucks didn't see the ROI with Justin Lewis. So they were like, all right, we're not going to do this again, but that's okay. Like go to another, there are many bars that fit Marquette kids and you can do specials and, and do this. But I, I do think that they need to do, they need to do a little bit more. I think the Baker Dunleavy hire for Villanova was really interesting. Cause I, I, I think he's going to do a lot of that. And it's like, all right, do does Marquette need somebody? Can I submit my resume to do that? I I, I will I will take I will take the GM of uh, of Marquette basketball. I'll, I'll oversee the operations. I'm sure it's a lot harder than that it looks though, for sure. Yeah, I mean Duke has one, right? They they had a GM, and now like you said, Villanova. So yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out, right? Another thing, I'm you know, I'm 
not concerned about, but just thinking about was like, are they going to extend Shaka? Right. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. Like do we extend Shaka and then maybe Shaka talks that, you know, and says, Hey, I need a raise for my staff and we need a GM. Marquette's got the money. They can do it. Well, I mean, yeah, the $9 million Wojo buyout was the, the, the sign that there. And I think John Fanta said on podcasts, like, Oh, they're working with about 13 million operating costs. So it's like, they're doing that. We know they have the money and that's, it's a little different than that Brewers discussion we just had. We, that's like, you know, it's, it's totally different. We know they have the money and that's when fans get really frustrated is when you're not spending that money. And I, I just, yeah, I hope they continue. The one thing that would worry me about Chaka is the health of Bill Self, because I think Kansas would be a place where, you know, Chaka's talking about basketball first, right? And yeah. Kansas to me would be the one where I don't know if can you know with the, how he handled the Big Twelve, but I don't know. I would also I think he would be. I'd have to think he'd be a top candidate for that Kansas job. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. But it seems like everything's good. I mean, I don't know. I've been, I was surprised we haven't. It's a weird like story that's just everybody's went radio silent. I don't know if that's because going back to the media relationship stuff, like self, you know, there's maybe some more to that, but self's like saying keeping it low and the media's kind of shielding him a little bit, not asking questions because they kind of don't need to, right? It's, it's now NBA season, it's draft season, it's portal season, but um, yeah, it's it, that, that one scares me a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about that. But think of the odd and upward, hopefully we're going to have a good NIL. And, and I, I appreciate you joining us today. And uh, do you have fun? Is this good? Yeah, it was awesome. A lot, a lot, very excited. A lot of fun. Thanks for having awesome. me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Actually, of course. Nice to meet you. Yeah, no, definitely nice to meet you. Um, and uh, looking forward to uh, chopping it up on Twitter. And uh, thank you for keep listening and entering the contest. And makes me want to do more of these. Yeah, I got to figure out a way. Contests are brackets are easy for like the the NCAA, but for everything else, it's like NBA. Everybody's gonna have with the same fucking brackets. So it's yeah, like, uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, we have Milwaukee, Boston, and then it got the West. I guess is a little more unpredictable, but we'll see. you could do like a survivor pool for like the majors or something for golf. Yeah, I might have to, have to put something together for the NFL. <laughs> I I floated a fantasy idea, but I've been way too many leagues, which is it's terrible as as i told you i'm already at capacity i don't i don't need more uh, before we start taping all right well for everybody else uh we'll be back uh tomorrow i said i wasn't gonna do tomorrow i'm gonna do practice tomorrow i changed my mind playoff season is a little different you, you gotta kind of go five five days so we'll do that and then back with mitch on friday so two two solos and then there well mike thanks again for joining us and for everybody else we will see you tomorrow take care bye